Hello and welcome to the finale of season one of Trauma Teacher. So this is episode 10. I'm your co-host Patrick. This is Aaron. Um, and today, Aaron, I'm feeling pretty relaxed. I don't know about you. I mean, it feels good. It feels, feels really good. Yeah, I have a, uh, Aaron and I actually got together this Saturday to um, watch a soccer game. I promised Aaron would convert him to being a fan, but it was like 3 <laughs> nothing by the time you got there 30 minutes in. I actually got in heavy a couple years ago, man. The World Cup got snagged me a couple years ago, so yeah, it was a good time. And and now, whenever you we want to meet up, you can just tell your wife it's for work. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> like I got, but our our, uh, our relationship has to get better. We gotta get less pauses, less him cutting me off. It's just this is a work work this meeting. Is a work meeting. Right, right. So hopefully we can uh, the next one we can schedule around like Redskins Giants, which which might be the worst NFL game of the year. <laughs> well, depending on what the season looks like. Yeah, teams, I don't know when they play. But both teams could be like one and six. So, um, it could be Case Keenum versus one of two mouth breathers for the Giants. <laughs> Daniel Jones. Right. Yeah, if, they, if they haven't traded uh, uh, traded Eli to the Colts. Oh uh, yeah, Andrew Luck. R.I.P. Man. Yeah. Right, I'm sure you're gonna do a lot of weird stuff in a lot of weird places. Good luck, my friend. Um. So going over mistakes from last week, uh, the beginning, I think we finally figured this mic out. And we also have another mic on the way. hasn't gotten here yet. But it sounded like Aaron was in a cave again before again, we switched locations. Back in the cave again. Um, and also, Craig wanted to insinuate that um, – or he thought he insinuated that children can only recover from trauma through like blatantly talking about their trauma. And he wanted us to make sure that, you know, that that is not the case. Um, there's a lot of different ways children can heal. And obviously the timeline's different and all that. So, right. But I thought he did great. Oh, yeah. Craig was awesome. Man. Not Craig. like we're, like, rating. Like, we're at the level. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, his voice was clearer than mine. And he talked slower. And it, it just it went really well. Yeah, think. his knowledge and information that he provided was great. Yeah. Um, so we're already at the getting to know you section. So I think I'm going to do a repeat of the Kennedy file episode. One of the lost files. Uh, if you... <laughs> You're on death row, so I can't imagine you ever uh, committing a gruesome crime. But say you get framed or something, okay. like a Netflix documentary type scenario. Oh, okay, I'm all right. Um, and you have you have to walk the green mile. What is your last meal going to be? So I think we said you get one main course, two sides, and then a beverage. Uh, okay, uh, main course uh, is going to go. Uh, I'm going to go lamb. Uh, side, mac and mac and cheese. Uh, that's going to be side number two, or side number one. Side number two. What's side number two? Uh, I think I'm just going to double down on the carbs, man. I'm, it's my last meal, right? Yeah, you're good. <laughs> you want to have a heart attack. <laughs> right. Then, then no one sees you get executed. Yeah, forget it, man. I'm, uh, uh, give me some either fried uh, zucchini or onion rings. Do both. I'm going to do Okay. Zucchini and onion rings. See, that'd be like also a sign maybe to the people that convicted you. Like maybe he wasn't guilty. He didn't actually, you know. Yeah. Like something something came in <laughs> before the execution and he was he died of carb overload. Right. Oh yeah, and your beverage. The beverage. Um I think we discussed this, didn't we? Like I mean am am, am I allowed to am I, am I allowed? Yeah. Oh yeah, like Am I allowed? I wonder I don't know an, if, an adult if you're allowed beverage? to have an alcohol, but for this let's say you are. And if I am, I I mean I'm, I think I'm going to go out with a cold beer, man. Why would you not be allowed to have a beer? I don't know. I mean, okay. even if you've done something horrific, it's, it's your the last, last meal. meal. Kill it in public. And that's the last thing we'll say about this, the Green Mile. But, like, you should be able to have a beer. I mean, yeah. I, feel like. I mean, Unless I mean, you're, like, Ted Bundy or something. It's either that or Kool-Aid. I mean, what? what <laughs> yeah, what else would you have? What else are you going to pick? I would probably have 
maybe Mountain Dew. Like if you're trying to if you're trying to have a heart attack, just like <laughs> like eat in thirty seconds, crush your Mountain Dew. Like all right, I'm ready. I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, enough, me in. enough of the darkness of the Green Mile. Do you have a rebuttal? Yeah. Um, biggest pet peeve if you have one. Oh man, I have so many. As you know, um, I think my biggest pet peeve is when people and this bothers me the more and more I get older. Like last night, I was at this meeting with a lot of parents uh, about something, the, the high school and volunteering. Yeah, yeah. And it was like every person there, because it was about parenting and, and the way you relate to kids. Yeah. And everyone at the school has to take this class, parent or co- um, coaching there. And every parent had to raise their hand and, and say their method of parenting. Okay. You know, like in a, in yeah. a not direct way. Like yeah. a parent, one parent would raise their hand and be like, well, I think, you know, you should always be in close proximity and the kids. And then the next parent would raise a hand and be like, well, that's great if you want to be a helicopter parent. Like in such a passive aggressive way. I just think it's the older you get, I think it's very bizarre to be that attached to your beliefs and not realize that different things work for different people. Okay. And that every and that all, like in that scenario, all kids are different. Right. So, so you shouldn't parent each kid the same, right? Every parenting style or approach is going to be different. So just the yeah, yeah. J- just like the need to share your personal beliefs with everyone else. Yeah. And especially like, you know, you can, we can go into like social media. But when you see people in their 50s, 60s, 40s, whatever, arguing on Facebook, <laughs> it just drives me insane. Like there, there is nothing that I'm sure of. At this point. In my life, I don't think. I would say that's a good thing. I feel like that's a positive thing. Well, I mean, I'm like, you know, like with our kids, I'm, I know what works for me yeah. and I know what I've seen work. But if, if someone came in with a different strategy, like who am I to tell them that's dumb One or way wrong? or the other. Unless it was like, you know, you put the kid in the headlock. <laughs> Definitely don't do that. <laughs> yeah, or like, I just like leave the kids alone and they usually figure it out. Like that, I would have a problem with. But, right. So I guess I don't know if that's more of a judgment of me that I don't know what I'm talking about or that I just, <laughs> it just really, bo- that just really bothers me. It gets, I mean, whatever gets under your skin, I mean, it's your pet peeve. Uh, do you think, do you think these are working? How do you feel like the, the getting to know you section is working? Yeah, out? I feel great. Like I felt we had a great conversation Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my friends were very excited. <laughs> like... Jason, who we mentioned earlier, like I thought he was going to tackle you. <laughs> we were teachers <laughs> when he walked in, but we kind of kept to ourselves. They're a little, they're really into the darts, man. Yeah, uh, yeah, they're, yeah. So, and I told you, you're not missing out on anything being single. It's like we play darts for six hours, then call it a night. Watch, we watched the, like the first half of the Miami game, and then call that it was it. Right. Um, I guess so. We might as well just while I'm going on things that bother me. We might well as well just get to the thing that bothers us this week, um, and. This one is, Aaron and I both experienced this. When you tell someone that is uh, around your age or older that you work in education, kind of the response that it's not a real profession. Right. Almost like you're, like you, you haven't started working yet. <laughs> it's like, well, that sounds good, but what are you going to do? <laughs> where, where do you see yourself five years from now? And I'm like, I right. love teaching. And they're like, yeah, but if you have a family. <laughs> right. <laughs> like that, I get that kind of stuff a lot. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and we had also discussed how, there's so many different aspects to our job, like what we do. Um, as far as like, obviously, if the kids develop and, and get out of the system, that's saving money for people. And, and so you could get into all kinds of different discussions. But but any teacher is, is doing stuff that, that should be very important. Right. Um, like we all have those friends that like three reasons to teach June, July, and August. Yeah. But, but that's not the norm, right? Right. It shouldn't no. be. No, not at all. I mean, I don't know. I like you, I get the same like that same weird vibe. Like you, like you're not a grown up yet, which is yeah. which is strange. Like you know, like there there's something about the profession. I don't and I don't know what that says about like our feelings about education as a society. Like what do we feel like about 
The people that educate our children are a joke. <laughs> That's how it's like treated. Right. And I don't know where that comes from. I really don't either. Um, because you can't really say it's a salary thing because people don't talk like that to firefighters. Right. Like, right. Well, what do you do? I'm a firefighter. <laughs> well, well when, you're mean, un- when you're done saving people's lives in fires, <laughs> let me know when you start your real career. Right. Right? What are you going to do when you really grow up? Like, I haven't heard that for really any other profession. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's because a lot of a lot of teachers do do it for three or four years, and then but you can say that about a lot. Yeah, of but a lot of, I mean, especially nowadays. I mean, nobody sticks around in the same in the same career anymore necessarily, right? Or at least in the same position. No, even when I used to work at Hertz, people didn't say that. Yeah, like is working at Hertz better than being a teacher <laughs> in people's eyes? Because if so, like you said, society. Right. Yeah. I don't know. What are we doing? Uh, I don't know. What are we? All right. Well, we're already at it. But we love what we do. I don't know about everybody else. And contrary to what, <laughs> contrary to what, how people feel about what we do, we are we are here. Yeah, I love it. I'm very happy where I am. And so, we might as well talk about what's what we're going, what's going on now at school. Um, this is our kids' longest break of the year, except for winter. Um, they have, we have two weeks for teacher work week, and and they have off. So it was. So we started last Wednesday, and the first three days, I was like, "This is nice." But then I'm already like the weekend. I was already missing the kids. So. Mm. So future reference, I'm not switching professions anytime <laughs> soon, I don't think. <laughs> All right. Good to know. Yeah. Um, but ha- so do you feel relaxed? You ready for the kids to come back? Or? I, You know, I, it's funny that you said it because I was just thinking about that as we were, uh, you know, we're here, you know, now getting getting ready for the school year to start. And as we we're having these discussions about what the school year is going to look like in, in preparation, uh, for the new school year, I'm just, I, I had that feeling of like, all right, let's just get into it. Right. You know, let's just start it. Let's get into it. You know, all the, all the preparing, pre- preparing and everything is, you know, I really just want to jump start and, and get into it. Yeah. So I have, so I have four classes this year. I already have three of the four books picked out. I've already nice. read a hundred pages of three of the four books. I just have to, my, I was talking about my fourth group, um, bunch of really cool kids, but it's 11th and 12th graders. And a lot of really unique and different interests. Yeah. So uh, in my class, we always read out loud for 10 minutes. I think I've uh, prepped that before. It's just a good way to, to start class and let kids that need that 10 minutes put their head down or, or get you know situated after transition. Um, so it's just something I always do. But it's tough with a class like that because the interests are – like some kids like sports. Other right. kids are into like anime. So finding a singular book that they're all not common. like, this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> you got to find at least ha- – you got to have at least half the class engaged. And then like I've talked about previously, you can like – if a kid wants to re- is really adamant about reading another book, then they can kind they of do their own thing time to do during it, yeah. that ten minutes. But but I'm yeah I'm really really excited to get started. Yeah, as am I. I think this is uh, I feel like I say this every year, but I feel like this is the smartest group. Not that all our groups aren't smart, but just like our kids are pretty focused on academics. Yeah, and, um, I think they're ready to get back into it after the summer, or I hope. Definitely, I think there was definitely a there was a positive uh, exit to summer or e- an ESY extended school year. So I mean, I think that feel is going to carry over once the school year starts. And so we have four um, homeroom teachers in our program, and we we have roughly, what do we have, like 36 kids right now who yeah. are living here. Um, so Aaron was blessed with the job of grouping <laughs> the kids into classes, and do you want to talk a little bit about everything that goes into it? Because it's a lot. Uh, yeah, there's there are a lot of considerations, um, especially for our population. You always have to be mindful of um, past backgrounds and... Uh, why kids are here, who can be with who just as people and their – I'm trying not to say too much. I'm trying not to go but into like, too much so detail. A, I think the main difference between us and, a, you know, we always say quotation marks typically developing school, which doesn't make sense, but right. I, don't, I don't want to call it a normal school, right. So, um, is that th- there's certain – 
um, students, residents that do that just cannot get along. And so you, you, you can't only think about what level each kid is at. You have to think about how the class is going to be most cohesive and, and that kind of stuff. So it's right. just a really, it, a lot goes in. No, yeah. I mean, um, I think I was forgetting that we're trauma teachers, man. There's, I'm not leaving. There's no reason to leave things out. Right, yeah, right. So we have kids that, are, that have, um, problematic sexual behaviors. So, I mean, we have to be aware of who can be with who. So it's not always about like Patrick was saying, like necessarily the age groups or the, or the, the grade levels. Um, we have to always be mindful of, um, what students can or cannot mingle. Um, and there's other kids that just just constantly want to fight each other, right? Socially, to, yeah. So, and there's kids that might live in the same cottage and they need a break when they're at school. So they're, I mean, I, I don't. You did a great job. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was it was a bit stressful at times, but you although know. I do have the largest class, <laughs> so <laughs> well, I mean, you can handle it, man. You're you're podcast warrior. That's right, trauma um, teacher. And I th- we've talked about too on Saturday how I, we think the podcast will improve during the year because there'll be more, more stuff to talk about as far as academics. Right. And there's like, we have really cool assemblies and awards and all that stuff. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I wasn't, I'm still a little mad at Aaron about having the largest class, but I do have an incredible support. I'm going to say you, you do have an incredible support coach. Your, your, uh, group is at, um, is at 10. Sorry about that. Capacity. Capacity. Yeah. Capacity. <laughs> but, um, you might have the, I don't know how you felt about it, but you might have the group that, that might share the most common interest. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've already, we have a lot of um, inner, inner city kids in, in my class, which is not the norm for here at all. Right. That's another thing that bothers me. People always say that to me. Oh, so this is all inner city kids. Oh, no. The yeah. majority of our kids are from like, um, like way out. Right. Kind of, we won't give locations, but just kind of way out in the sticks, you would yeah, say. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, and, the, and a lot of them are really into basketball. So I already found a book. We're going to read a book about Muggsy Bogues' high school team, nice. Boys of Dunbar, talks about Baltimore and kind of in a, in a rough time in their history. Not that, well, the, I guess the city never really recovered from, from that whole era, but it will be, I, hopefully you can relate it to the kids. And that's another thing here. You can't just read, you can't say like, open your literature books to page 71, read right. this short story and then turn the questions in in 20 yeah. minutes. That's just not how our kids function. And that's not really how I think school, not that, you know, you should read the, the classics, all Classic, the time, of course. but they need to, they, they can become so incredibly engaged when you pick out the right materials. And it's just awesome to see yeah. kids that you've read have never participated in class and they're raising their hand and they're giving you their ideas and all that. When it's stuff. tailored a lot more to who they are as people and, and, and uh, where they're coming from is maybe with their, with their past or their histories. Um, yeah. You see much better uh, responses. And I'm kind of, um, I was about to say blessed. I hate when people say that, but I, I'm kind of lucky that I have English because it's much easier to do that. But all our teachers do that. Math, yeah, science, everybody said it. Yeah. history and English, it's kind of, you can do that. Yeah. Um, you're some hitting the SOLs, but you can kind of navigate around their interests. But science and math, our teachers do an incredible job. And it's, it's, it's really impressive to see how they do it because those subjects aren't really. Yeah, they don't. They, yeah, like you said, there's not a lot of room to like go from one aspect to the other. You're kind of stuck inside a certain area that you can be. Right, and that, all right, so we're already on our resource of the week. This one is fine, man. I feel good. I'm like, I'm energetic. I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the kids to be back. And like, I can tell, man. I can tell. They come in and like see their therapist and stuff this week, and it's just, it's great. They're they're so excited to see you. And yeah. It's like, all right, we're, hey, we're doing something. Yeah, we're, 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 we are. <laughs> to all those people out there, we, we are doing something. Right, who think that being in education is for nothing, let me say. Maybe it's because you could like get off at three and people, you know, I'm, yeah, at, the, I'm know. at the gym at like four and people are like, Oh, you don't really work. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know what? Also, it is. It's probably the weekends, man. The, the, having having people here when they know that you don't work the weekends, they just ever assume. like it's not a possibility that I'll ever work the weekend. Although I do work in the cottage, but 
guess. That's yeah, just a labor of love. Yeah, you know? yeah maybe. Between, so <laughs> just not being good with the money. <laughs> so maybe that's it. Maybe we just found it out. <laughs> maybe we just found out why. I mean, it's the it's the thought that uh, we get the weekends off and we get all that vacation time throughout the year. So the holidays, it. maybe. That's, that's it. it. I don't know. All right, well, that brings us to our resource of the week. Um, and I know I'm late on this show, but we wanted to talk about the show Last Chance You. Uh, Aaron, you've seen the show, correct? Yeah, I've watched it. Um, so we just want to talk about the first two seasons because I started to – and if you haven't – Seen it, we'll briefly go through it. I started season three, and that guy is just so absurd. Oh yeah, that guy's. Um, so I, I don't even, I wouldn't even advise watching those two. Yeah, the yeah. Um, and disclaimer: the language in the show is absolutely awful. But it, so the premise of the show is it's a junior college, and these kids are all big time recruits, or the majority of them, and they've been kicked out of like schools for various reasons, um, academics. A lot of them, it's just smoking weed. Yeah, which is not great, but I mean, this. It just like it doesn't mean they're bad kids that this, right. that this stuff's happened, but a lot of them have gotten into some pretty crazy stuff, like yeah. like burglary, that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's been some some major infractions. Um, and so, uh, the beginning of the show, you kind of see that a lot of these kids, even though they're in college, they're they're from the inner city or fr- they're from the middle of nowhere. Um, like we were just talking about, like a lot of our kids are, and the school systems just aren't great, so they don't know how to. It's not like they're lazy. Most of them, it's like they don't know how to take notes. Right. They they never like they don't like even going to class with a pen and paper. Like in their mind, of course they know that, but it's just not the norm. They never, no one's ever pushed them to do that kind of stuff. Yeah, they haven't been provided that tool, those tools to, to manage those smaller or what we might some might think a simple task. They just haven't been given the tools to do it. Right. And some of the like we'll just talk about the backgrounds. There's a guy in season one, and and this is stuff we see. It's heartbreaking, but this is stuff that we see all the time. Um, his you know his dad killed his mom and then committed suicide. We see stuff like that. Um. There's another kid who was in foster care, six homes in six years, him and his brothers. And there was a situation where he walked in and his brother was duct taped to the chair. The foster parents did. And they, they physically fist fought the foster parents. And we do. As heartbreaking as it is, we see stuff like that all the time. Right. So it's, it's, it's kind of amazing to watch something that isn't connected to like what we do directly per se. But like, um, like we've mentioned the ACEs score before in earlier podcasts, like you can watch now things and you can see like, oh, OK, like I see that this particular kid based on their life has a higher a score and then you can kind of understand how their path kind of is laid out or how they come to be how they where they are right and i think just like we always talk about we don't want to give it any advice but just as you think about kids like that like as you watch a student like that and like it, I, I bet when, if i watch that show in college you know i might be laughing like right. how do you not know how to write a sentence um or, or how is your language so bad but then if you actually think as a human about their history and then expect an 18-year-old who's been in six foster homes in six years and has, you know, has never had anyone making him go to school right. to be at the same level as an 18-year-old who went to private school. It just doesn't make sense. That thought process makes no sense. Right. And, right. And then it's connected to like kind of like what Craig was saying uh, last week is about, you know, them living in such a space to where they're always in that, you know, he was talking about the cortisol levels. And, right. You know, you see those kids there. They're always in that space. And you know that when they do get to these junior colleges or, or in, the, in this camp of this junior college for this from the show how they're not able to respond being in those situations yeah and, and another thing to think about is um, whether the kids are from the middle of nowhere or from the inner city a lot of them have never left where they're from right and then all of a sudden they're in the they're at this junior college and like you said their mind's been in fight or flight or freeze their whole life, their whole life. and now it's like okay you're in the middle of nowhere in mississippi you need to chill out right you need to go to class and this all is going to happen I mean, they probably get there in, what, late July for camp, and then class starts a month later. Right. It's, it's just not something that's going to happen like that. So we wanted to talk about the show, not only because of the, the type of children it, it represents, 
Um, and it does a really good job of humanizing the kids. Yeah, um, absolutely. But there's two main um, – there's also the defensive line coach I thought was great. But yeah. there's two main adults we're going to talk about. And one is the head coach, Coach Stevens. And he is a great example of someone to watch of how to not treat these kids. Like he – the beginning of the show, you kind of think he's good with the discipline. But then you realize everything he does is is a threat, right? Yeah. It's If a kid's late, I'm going to kick you off the team. Right. Um, if, if, you know, they miss class, I'm going to kick you off the team. It's never, hey, like what's going on right now? Um, and, and you have to do that stuff as a football coach. You can't let people just miss practice. But he never – at least that they showed on the show, he never – sees what's going on with the kid, how's their family, is anything, you know, is anything happening right now? Is there a reason you're missing class? Are you struggling? Any of that stuff. No. Um, and also he's he's a massive hypocrite because he he fights a ref in a game. Yeah. Like gets in a fight with the ref. He pushes the ref and the ref ref punches him in the face. Um, and gets suspended for two games. And then like his second game back, the team gets in a massive brawl which the other team starts and he calls all his players thugs and rednecks. And says they're an embarrassment to the program right. and, and all this stuff. And their response, their response was due to something that was happening to the, their teammate. They were they didn't start the fight. They were strictly defending a teammate who had been it was getting stomped out. Getting stomped out. And his response to that was, you know, to begin to berate them and call them all kinds of names. Right. We've all had coaches like this, or if you didn't play sports, you've had adults like this, and like like you can tell everything to him is an ego thing. Like right. he was embarrassed by the fight. Right. So and he. Didn't know how to handle it. Not to mention he called two timeouts to get the ball back of 49 points in the first half, right. which is why the fight probably started because they hit the guy late on the first play, right? So he takes no personal responsibility. He's just embarrassed about the fight. So he starts calling them rednecks, thugs, threatens to kick everyone on the whole team off the team, right. which I don't know how that will work. How right? that happens. Um, but then a perfect example of how to work with these kids, and I don't know if this woman had any training or was just like a social genius or, or what. What it might be. Um, but she was a compliance officer, and she was very hard on the kids and set expectations, but also if they were missing class, was at, she was asking about their personal life, asking about things they've, they've been through, if they were willing to talk about that, kind of explaining their behaviors to them. Um, so we saw like some stuff like um, you know, fear of success, which we've talked about, yeah. um, and all that. And she just does a great job of navigating them through that, explaining to them why they're feeling the way they're feeling, and try to get the best out of them. Yeah, you can see her building that trust, building those relationships. Um, and oftentimes providing like the basic needs, like someplace, I think there was a couple episodes where there you they pan into the office and there's just a kid just sleeping on her couch in our, right. in our office. So she's just providing, you know, those basic needs for some of these people, you know, food, shelter um, to help them. And she's in no way like soft on the kids. Like there's no, certain episodes no, no, no. where she's like locks her office. And she's like, you're staying here until you finish all this right. work. But at the same time, when they finish, it's I'm, the only time the coach says I'm proud of you I, I, that I remember is when they win. Right. Like she's every time they finish assignment, it's like, hey, I know this is a big deal for you. I know you didn't go to class in high school. I'm proud of you. Like right. that kind of stuff. And the kids all love her. Yeah. Like there's times they cuss her out because she's making them go to class. Yeah, she's tough on them, like you said. Right. But they're but most of the time, but they're very thankful of what she's doing. And that's another lesson with their kids. Even if you're not seeing it, like the majority of them, you know if they don't like you. <laughs> like the majority of them are thankful for you at least helping them and trying to Right. Right. So it's it's also a really entertaining show. I, I want to say I, yeah, I liked it a lot. And I, there's nothing you can do about the language because the head coach just says the f word every other word. Yeah, and then the other kids are college kids, so yeah. they cuss. Um, so we're God, we're gonna have to hurry up on the field kids story of the no, week. We we're might have twenty three right. minutes in. Um, and this we got a new sponsor. Um, this is my favorite sponsor we have we've gotten so far. I mean, I'm I'm excited to hear about it. Yeah. Um, so this is. We're sponsored this week by Human Checkers, and this is exactly what it sounds like. I'm just going to read the little thing they wrote to me. That's too much um, All right. 
So, do you love board games but also want to get your steps in? Do you live for the double jump but hate Cracker Barrel? Have you always wanted to wear a crown without being judged? Then Human checker, Checkers is for you. Human Checkers is exactly what it sounds like. Get dressed in checker outfits, fasten your sneakers, and have a ball on our absorbent 20-yard by 20-yard board. This is great for cookouts, icebreaker events at work, frat parties, and so much more. You can simply play the traditional game we all love or add jumping jacks, push-ups, and sit-ups into your turns. Imagine triple jumping three of your closest friends and screaming, King me, while they all drop and give you 20. Does it get any better than that? For a limit of time, you can get human checkers at $250 value for 99 bucks. Heck, we'll even throw in human chess for free. And why not go ahead and put your future orders in now for human shoots and ladders in trouble? Act now before it's too late. So, I mean, I'm in. I mean, human board games? Come on, man. Who's going to pass up on that? <laughs> yeah, human trouble? And I know sometimes we have to promote things that maybe we wouldn't do. It's just part of being famous. <laughs> but I, I would play human checkers. I'm surprised it's not a, it's not a thing already. This is – it's – yeah. I, I'm excited just listening to you read the promo. Like, where do I sign up? Take my $99 right now. I mean, and this is a kid. I'll introduce him because um, Aaron had not started working here when he first got here. But then I'm going to let Aaron do the majority of the talking as I'm – was re I'm really passionate about last chance you, so I got carried away. Um, so this kid was a kid when we got here, um, just kind of, to use a cliche, angry at the world. Um, did not want to participate in class, so he was one of those kids, if he didn't want to participate, he didn't want class to happen. So, and I'm not exaggerating, he would make noises every 20 seconds to disrupt class. Fart noises, call out cuss words, uh, target certain kids that were trying to learn and calling them nerds and all that stuff. And then, Aaron, you started to see the progress around i don't know I, you came in when he'd been here maybe a month or so um yeah that was actually the start of my the, the me in the position that was actually the start so like you often i think we talked about this off air like you often say like this kid hated me like yeah. uh, like no this for me was the first kid like i truly feel like man this kid hates me right now <laughs> um because my my introduction to him was in the hallways and he was dead set on cursing me out and trying to fight me. Like he was, I'm, I'm not at all proud of it um, or it's not a great memory, but he's the first kid that like I had to call non-emergency because he was going to, he was going to come after me. Um, and now I remember this. Yeah. Because when you were talking about it, I, I, but now I have vivid memories of him being like, F you, Carol. F yeah. You. Just for no, like actually following you and you weren't even engaging him. <laughs> right. I'm going <laughs> well, to fight you. Like we're going to fight right now. Yeah. It's like, and dead serious about it. Um, but uh, he is one of the kids that, through all of that, you know, past all that, um, I think we spoke once about, you know, just being part of the process and going through the progress and, and just making the right steps of, of, and going through it and connecting all of it. So it was like he, he was uh, connecting first through therapy. And I think that's where we started to see like a shift because there was something that him in therapy and him moving through all those steps and doing that correctly. And so we started to see some things that kind of fell back on the school side. Um, because there were, it got to the point where, you know, that he was definitely less angry, um, in our interactions. Uh, he was definitely, you know, not, uh, leaving class or eloping from class. Um, and he was definitely able to be redirected. Um, and go ahead. Did you have something? Yeah. And he, I, he was one of our kids who, um, like when you think about a school like this, at least when I was in middle school, uh, I heard about schools like this, you always think it was like the really cool kids. That were like, you know, for lack of a better term, like too cool for school. Right. You know, like these kids are tough and, you know, almost like they don't have feelings, that kind of stuff. Like this kid, like a lot of our kids, is a, was an outcast who had very, very specific interests. And here, I think part of what helped him was being able to make friends. Right. Staff not saying, 
like Craig was talking about last week, like staff not saying that's stupid. Yeah. Like anime's stupid or, yeah. or you can't make money playing video games. It was like finding people that had the same interests of him and, and staff not encouraging him to play video games all day. But like, hey, this is cool. Like if you study this, this is this is a place you can job. Right. Being um, accepting of his interest and of him at the same time. And he really liked to draw and, you know, most teachers at a post school, which, which you have to because you have to keep everything going, would m- might discount that. But if he was having a hard day in my class, I'm like, hey, if you need to go back and draw for 10 minutes before you join us, that kind of stuff. Right. Um, and as we were talking about earlier, his family became he, they became more receptive once they saw he was making progress. Mm-hmm. And just in everything, as we always talk about, it wasn't perfect, kind of like our, our feel-good story of the week last week, but he, he had made a lot of progress by that moment. Definitely. And I uh, to complete the feel-good story of the week, he actually, um, I've heard that is – once making the transition back to his homeschool, uh, has been doing really well. Homeschool is is happy with what they're seeing. Um, parents are happy with what ha- is how he's interacting once he's been at home. So, you know. right. And that and I wouldn't have. Uh, I probably would not have predicted it. No. So I it's mean, a, it's a good right. It's a good lesson. Like even if you think you're not getting through, then you know maybe you're still making some progress because when he got to us, like the. The idea of him being in a public school setting. Was- yeah, I never would have thought. I mean, especially after he told me he was going to stick me. Outside. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah, I don't, I don't imagine that he's. He, this might not work uh, outside of a program like ours. Um, but actually, if I remember correctly, um, he did. We both get shout outs when he uh, commenced. I think. Yes, we yeah, did. Yeah, and so I mean, like I had been here, uh, like I said, not too long um, when I first started his position. And I think for his his, his ceremony transitioning out of. Like uh, goodbye yeah. speech, yeah. Yeah, he wait because we were but we were standing next to each yeah. other, and he's and I love going that by the way. But we were standing next to each other, and he said her name. We both looked at her like, "Oh my god, and me!" Like how was shocked. not me. <laughs> but if there are any uh, children out here who go to schools like this or have like just just know that stuff means a, a, a it big, means a great deal. You yeah. may not think you're that we care, but believe me, that's the kind of stuff that keeps people working. I mean, yeah, and maybe that's why. Maybe you know, as an educator, I don't need the high salary. I don't need you know, <laughs> I don't need a Rolex. Just a shout out from a. Yeah, just give me a shout out. <laughs> Let me know I did a good job. That's all I need. So at this point, we wanted to uh, come to a conclusion with our conversation because, as always, I've enjoyed it. I had to. Sorry to talk too much. No, you're good. And uh, we hope that you guys have enjoyed listening, and we look forward to you guys listening next week.